this is Cinematic Suffering with your hosts, Clay Hintz and Jason Thomas. Life is pain, and so are bad horror movies. Alright, uh, welcome everybody. This is the new, the debut, the uh, initial, I guess, What are there any other words for new? Um, goddamn revolutionary. Really? Uh, yeah, a goddamn revolutionary new podcast called Cinematic Suffering. Cinematic Suffering, where life is pain and so are bad horror movies. <laughs> yes. Uh, I am Jason. I'm Clay. And we will be your host through this uh, horrific journey as we go through Netflix and we watch every movie from A to Z. That's right. That's that's the premise is we're going to slog through it no matter what. We're going to slog through it. There's some movies I've seen. There's some that Clay has seen. And uh, even if we've seen it before, we're going to have to slog through it again just just so the other person can have that same suffering experience. Because them's the rules. Yeah. And also, you know, there may be movies that are actually pretty good. And that would be that would be great. And, you know, uh, Jason and I were talking before we started this whole thing. And both of us love the medium. And uh, we definitely don't go into this wanting to shit all over movies. They, the worst kind of person is a pedantic uh, film reviewer. And I... Not that guy. So. Well, yeah, and they deserve their own special places in hell. That's right. Yeah, and that's right. We're not looking for the worst movies. We want to experience what movie, what filmmakers have put up on Netflix, and you know, and just experience all this, uh, all this hellish torment that we're about to <laughs> go through. Um, so, I guess our first movie up on the list. If you go, if you want to follow along with us, by the way, you can go on the desktop. I'm not sure if this is available on apps. But you can go on your desktop and go to Netflix, go to search for movies, you go go in the genres, go in the horror, and then it's going to have like top suggestions for you. Just go to like a pull-down box, you can uh, file it A to Z, and then you can see the progress we'll be making. As we go along through this series, you can follow along too and uh, you know hopefully experience the pains or pleasures that we go through. That's right, and uh, when you... Categorize these alphabetically, numerically, they come up first. So we got the number 13, uh, spoiler, two times in a row. So uh, yes. this is a 13 title. It's a very popular number in the horror genre. <laughs> it is. And uh, Clay, do you want to introduce this first movie up? Absolutely. This first feature is called 13 Cameras. It's uh, written and directed by Victor Sorkoff, starring Neville Archambault, never Archambault, hmm. uh, Sean Kerrigan, Sarah Baldwin, Brianna Moncrief, and PJ McKay. All right, so I'm just going to play like a audio theatrical preview because what doesn't go over well better than a, a theatrical trailer that's meant to view than to hear it, right? That's right, yeah. It, it really gives you the tone and pacing of the film. Right, and you're going to hear some of the acting that's going to be involved. In the, so let's go with this theatrical preview, and we'll be right back. Office, murder's closet, guest bedroom. You mind if we look around on our own? So what do you think? I don't like that guy. Just relax. It's cool to have. He's just creepy. Every time I look up, he'd be staring at me. You know he's got a key to your place, right? I don't want to be alone with him. talking during this part you get there's obviously stuff going on music okay I'll, I'll shut up Hold on. 1080p backup batteries and they're practically invisible they can be hidden almost anywhere discretion is the name of the game
Yeah, so that was a theatrical preview, and uh, obviously you couldn't hear or you couldn't see anything. <laughs> couldn't see anything, and I couldn't hear a damn thing, but that's <laughs> me. Hopefully that doesn't uh, account for everybody. Yeah, so the, uh, you heard a lot of music. You heard a, a, I heard a dog barking. Um, yes, that was a creepy dog. Yeah, that was a very... Had an unease. <laughs> uh, Clay, do you want to... Let's start from the beginning. So the film starts off with what I found to be a pretty effective music sting and a montage of people going about their lives, bathing, brushing their teeth, getting in the shower, doing all these things that you would presume to be private moments in this montage. And and it showed in classic horror movie hyperbole a bunch of statistics that we're not going to do the work to confirm or deny about how many people are being spied on in their homes. So. Right, and these are all video cam- supposedly video shots of video cameras and this m- mass collage, and you see people taking craps and brushing their teeth, and yeah, you know, like uh, getting up to all kinds of naughty shenanigans. So that's that's how it starts off, and then we immediately cut to our leading man, and the, in my opinion, the re- the only person with any redeeming qualities in this feature. <laughs> And we're talking about the landlord, of course. The landlord played uh, played pretty well by Neville Archambault. If I'm, I apologize to Neville if I'm uh, mispronouncing your name, there, buddy. But it's the creepiest dude that I've seen on camera since that bug-eyed anti protagonist in the Human Centipede too. I can't remember that guy's name. I, I don't know. Yeah, I know what you're talking about, though. The, this guy, uh, this landlord, he was. I mean, they wanted to get the creep factor. They found the perfect actor for this. This this yes. guy, his mouth was constantly agape, uh, grunting. Uh, he's looking at videos. He's installing videos, I think, at the beginning. and he, uh, Video cameras, I should say, he's installing at the beginning. And he's just kind of wobbling around in this <laughs> weird kind of body shuffle that he has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's he's got this Humpty Dumpty kind of uh, weebles but never falls down kind of gait. Is right. side to side. Now when obviously I obviously up to no good. <laughs> now when I first saw the theatrical preview for this, uh, there's a scene where he has his shirt off, and <laughs> and yeah. I thought this guy was like some ripped uh, elderly man. I mean, he's not he's not you know super old but he's probably in his late 50s early 60s um but i he took his shirt off and he's screaming in the theatrical preview and he's got these muscled shoulders and i'm like holy crap Dude is going to kick some ass. It's terrifying. He's got that uh frightening upsetting old man cut thing that Sylvester Stallone kind of has going on now too yeah. that is just kind of upsetting and and uh, <laughs> It's unsettling. It's yeah, awful. yeah, it's it's really unsettling. There's this, uh, it, like I said, when he took his shirt off, but when I saw the film finally and he took his shirt off for that scene or several other scenes where he jumps in the pool, uh, it, it, he has this weird Gollum-esque body that's <laughs> kind of... You, know, you know who he looks like to me is, uh, you know, Till Lindemann from Rammstein, you know, that, that dude? Right, yeah. It's his special needs brother is kind of what I was thinking when I was seeing <laughs> Like, this dude's got a chaperone, and, you know, he goes to special classes. I don't, he's, he was wonderfully cast. Right. This. Yeah, and I don't want to disparage that, you know, we're, we're putting down just because of his, uh, his physique, his, his whole entire look and uh, his character, the way he was portraying it, was really done well for this movie. And, uh, well, I'd, I'd love to see his headshots, like, you know, that he shops around to any talent agents, <laughs> however those Hollywood types do it, because I'm, I'm sure it's like, yes, I'm upsetting. Can I have a part where I'm playing an upsetting <laughs> person? Yeah, you, we, we got you covered in 13 camps. <laughs> Did you happen to look up uh, an IMDb on him, maybe see if he's done anything else? He's done a handful of other things. I'm not familiar with his other work, but if if I was a bet man, I'd say that he's been cast to type pretty in a pretty tight corner. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I think uh, I think uh, this is another one of those movies that we started off with, and uh, I, I, we were both really excited to do this. And then you you said immediately, I think I've seen this movie before. I yeah I, I had, and I remembered it fondly. 
you know, like anytime you watch something twice, I guess you're reminded of, of what <laughs> might have been a problem the first time that you didn't catch or it becomes a bigger problem the second time. So that's I, I'm interested to see how, what you thought of it. Yeah, yeah, and I definitely had my thoughts after seeing it. I took, you know, I took a few notes as I was going. I didn't take many. Um, yeah, I think I think overall the movie was entertaining. Yeah, uh, it wasn't it wasn't badly shot. It was uh, it was shot kind of like it wasn't uh, really artistically shot, but it was capable. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you're right. I, I, it, it looked good. The cinematography was definitely functional. You know, I'm, I, I liked it. I wasn't too aware of the cinematography. I was kind of distracted by how uh, nice their apartment was. It was a lot of times uh, the characters being in the foreground got in my way of their decor, which I really enjoyed. It's like, <laughs> oh, look at that. Uh, they got a kidney-shaped pool that's nice and clean. They got uh, this quaint fence with little vines running through oh man who are these pasty boring white people kissing in the foreground which <laughs> i don't know if i'm the only person that had that reaction to this movie but man i found the rest of the cast outside of the the main villain to be pretty bland yeah i i, well, I mean i've known you for years and i always know that you have this thing for decor and <laughs> that's what you always go to. Yeah, well, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, maybe I was supposed to be a, a interior decorator in a past life, but I noticed that I've also known set designer. I've met a set designer, and you know, like I, ever since I met this dude, for some reason, I was fixated on on that. But yeah, it looks nice. The score is nice. Um, I, me personally, I was immediately bored like the, the first couple that we meet are uh a married they're not married i don't think i think that uh, they're just there right no no they are married uh it's brian okay. brian and claire ryan and ryan and claire or brian and claire i think it's brian and claire yeah uh, i okay. guess it doesn't matter so. Play, played as if it matters yeah. by jake mccade and brianna moncrief and my god they're droll and then the girl yes. that he's it, we quickly learn that his very pregnant wife that he's cheating on her with his uh administrator or his it's, assistant or whatever she is his assistant that happens to be looks like to be the same age as him and the very same similar hair type similar body type similar demeanor as his wife like, yeah why, you know? <laughs> no yeah you bring up a good point i was thinking uh when there's that step first scene we see with hannah who who was the the mistress in the movie i thought it was his wife at first and yeah, like maybe she just put her hair down or I didn't notice in the darkness of the their introduction that she had long hair. Like, oh, wait a minute. Is this a flashback? Is yeah. This, it was like jarring for a second. Yeah, and I think, um, I mean, I was immediately put up. I, I, Ryan or Brian is... is it's, it's Ryan. It's Ryan. Ryan. It's Ryan? Yeah. Okay, as so... If, again, as if it matters. Right, it doesn't matter. But let's, let's call him by his correct movie name. Ryan. Uh, so Ryan... He's a dick, basically. He's, yeah, he's yeah. not a he's not a likable character. They they take pains to bludgeon you with how bad it is to to have sex with other women while your wife is very pregnant. They they, you know, they, there's no gray area that Ryan is an asshole for what he's doing with his penis. Right, exactly, and uh, like he feels obligated to search for. Search for other avenues for his sexual uh, proclivities uh, since yeah. his wife, and you know it's it's like, dude, just go jerk off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, because you know, God forbid, we actually have something that we can root for in this thing that just as soon as, like it, it starts off on a pretty unsettling note, and then it begins to drag and it begins to lumber into the second and third act for me. I was just like, oh my God, man. I mean. In a lot of ways, the predictable stuff happens. You know, I don't yeah. know how much you want to give away, but it was. Uh... Yeah, let, let's say it right here. This is not a spoiler-free podcast. We are going to give, be giving away everything. I mean, yeah, even even so, the ending. So fuck it. Right. I mean, either listen to it before or after, but I'm going to ruin the movie for it. <laughs> yeah. So I I I thought that it started to lose its way real quick. Like we're, we're introduced to, to Ryan and his pregnant wife and the girl he's cheating with in pretty quick order. And we also meet their friends who are just as pasty and white. And I, you know, I, I don't want to sound like I'm trying too hard to be politically correct, but damn it, a swath of 
skin tones that aren't all on the peach end of the crayon <laughs> box makes for a more interesting movie visually you know like uh from a background perspective it's just it's more interesting to look at it's more interesting to get into the characters right you know? it's obviously low budget and the i mean for what the i mean again as i said before the cinematography everything is competently done i i wouldn't say anything is is like the acting is very dry there's nothing really going on with the acting the the cinematography there's some shots that are set up where it looks like something from a telenovela or yeah uh, Yeah. like it's just it's safe they play it so safe with the cinematography the music stings are pretty good i thought that the music composition actually did a pretty good job in in eliciting the sound of of stress and drama even though the rest of the movie was kind of falling short of that right you know you bring up a good point that i i did enjoy the score i just thought there's some moments where it was kind of inappropriate to put some of the foreboding music in the back there's a there's a scene at the very beginning where uh, ryan is talking to his to his friend, and I'm not sure what his friend's name, but I guess it's, oh, uh, uh, Paul, that's his name, Paul. Is that it? I yeah. didn't take any pains to learn the ancillary character. Yeah, Paul Paul is is like, is probably uh, the Affleck's uh, baby brother that <laughs> never made it into film. And it's what it seems like, because he has that same connotation, the annotation. And So Ryan is talking to Paul, and he's saying, yeah, Hannah, he's basically telling Paul he hasn't been laid. <laughs> <laughs> and and in the background, there's this foreboding music going, whoa, whoa. Oh, going to end badly. What you're going to do with Yeah, and really, it's just really a drama, and it could be, you know, it's like, does this music really apply to this conversation? I, I just felt it was really out of place. kind of jarred me out. I mean, it's a lot of things jarred me out of scenes, but I'm sitting there, why is this? I was expecting because the foreboding music we'd see, like, the landlord st- suddenly standing behind them or watching them through a video camera, but no. Yeah, I felt like um, I'm probably personalizing this way too much, but uh, have you ever had too much to drink and then you're talking to two people and they look at you with shit eye and then you realize that you've you've interrupted a private conversation? That's kind of what the cinematographer or what the uh, I'm sorry, what the the soundtrack did in that moment. Like we're having a conversation here. It's more interesting to actually hear what these guys are talking about than to hear this music sting. It's like creepy. Right. It's like the Academy Awards where they're trying to play it, play people off while they're mm-hmm. still talking. It's like the, the music's coming in going, come on guys, we got to get through this scene. We haven't gotten anywhere near Gwyneth Paltrow yet. Y'all need to wrap this up. Yeah. Exactly. Oh my God. It's yeah. Like they just, you're kind of like, there's a mix of being bored and being kind of shuffled through the exposition. Like, okay, all the obvious stuff that, that happens, the setup is there. Like you meet the creepy landlord, which as an aside, if you're getting ready to rent an apartment and the, the your landlord looks even remotely like Gerald. And then very soon into your new apartment, you realize that there's a door, a locked door that you can't access. The owner's closet. Yes, it's like, okay, first things first, we're calling the police and we're having whatever moldy carcasses are down there removed. <laughs> there is no way that there's not drugs growing or bodies moldering in that in that locked room, you know? So it, it, immediately you don't feel bad for the, the, the protagonists that are being spied on and potentially harassed and, and uh, assaulted later. Right, and Gerald, <clears throat> is that his name, the landlord? Gerald, yeah. Yeah, so Gerald has this owner's closet, so he's showing the couple through the house, and uh, there he's just, like, grunting, oh, this is the kitchen, uh, <laughs> the bedroom, uh, owner's closet, and just walks by it. And it's, you know, Thanks, Shrek. I'm glad that, you know. <laughs> and uh, so a little bit later on, probably, I don't know, maybe 20 minutes in, 15, 20 minutes, uh Ryan gets annoyed at Hannah, or not Hannah, at Claire, because Claire wants to hang up baby pictures. And he's like, for real? You want to do this? No, I'm on the internet. And um, you know, I'm just like, God, I hope this guy dies. You know, I know. God, when can Gerald come up from, from his basement dwelling? I don't know where he lives. I guess it's somewhere dark, deep, and moist, because he's constantly oogling his, his tenants and... You don't see him masturbating, but you get the idea. He's zipping yeah. up his pants, and there's just a Louis C.K. level of used Kleenex everywhere. It's like, I get it, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. Well, I mean, I, I I think Gerald lived off the property. 
Uh, I only say that because he always drove up in that white van all the time. So uh, he just had the owner's closet. For some reason, it was a basement. For some reason, he didn't want anybody going down there. But Gerald, uh, God, I get these stupid characters. Ryan gets gets (laughs) pissed at gets pissed at his wife because he doesn't want to hang pictures now, and he doesn't have a hammer. So he pries open the owner's closet and goes downstairs, and then that's it. There's there's no exploration down there. There's no, no. <laughs> scene of what he found, what was potentially. He just comes back up. He goes down the steps and then comes back up them and goes, oh, it's just a, it's stairs yeah. or something. I mean, it, it, the most unaware people, That's it's one of the main tropes in every horror movie, and it, it it's teeth-gnashingly irritating for me every time, is that no one is dedicated one little micron to their own survival. Like, well, you know, it smells like human suffering, and, and my body, <laughs> I'm getting this vibration of absolute evil from the, not only this house, but definitely that, that dark Sith Jedi <laughs> cellar that he's got down there. But no, nah, man, we're good. I'm going to leave. I'm just going to keep cheating on my personal <laughs> yeah, and even Claire points it out when he's showing her showing him the house. He smells like shit. He smells. <laughs> I want to vomit. And he's like, the the husband's just like, oh, be quiet. He's gonna hear you. And uh, I know. And, and nothing. This is gonna sound mean, and it's not. But like every time I see a movie like this, I'm like, is are all you people Canadian? Because if you're Canadian, you need to reveal yourself. Because I need to know what framework to put this movie in. Everybody's <laughs> like. Everybody's like passive aggressive, but too polite at the same time. It's weird. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was very weird. And I thought for like the first fifty minutes, maybe that the it was it wasn't a horror movie. It was just a drama, you know, with the occasional aside of Gerald jerking off watching cameras. <laughs> it wanted to be a horror movie. I felt like it. It was kind of like the road comic that's not allowed to smoke at the other road comics tables or something because they just don't like the guy i don't know <laughs> if i made that comparison it's, it makes no sense but <laughs> i was uh i think uh I, I, I think what i you know i'll bring this up later in the podcast but let's keep going <laughs> uh we're about 50 minutes in i think stuff kind of starts happening somebody uh, gets kidnapped and and i he he gerald drag somebody into the oh in the uh basement that's right. the big moment of okay we're moving now right so so mo- most of this stuff up to this moment uh i remember now is hannah the mistress of, again is now somehow obsessed with ryan and she's calling him and she came over and com- you know was with us uh, he's found her and his wife talking with each other and he's like what's going on and I guess, mm-hmm. I guess the wife she, needed some help setting something up, but Hannah didn't know what the fuck she was doing. Cause it's well, and on the opposite side of that, so we have the the moment that you're just talking about, where Hannah just horrifically violates the side girl code, and then on the opposite side, um, the friend of Ryan's that you mentioned before, he had confided in him, I think earlier on in the movie that right. he was cheating on his pregnant wife, right. and then he, I think, uh, he eventually uh, tells on him, so you've got, this Ryan dude picks his his flings and his friends poorly like you can't trust this dude with a secret and you can't trust her with a secret you just you're you know you chose unwisely my friend right right i mean the the you when ryan was telling his friend that yeah i'm cheating on her and then you know it it comes out later that uh hannah you know is exposed and uh turns out paul's uh ryan's friend paul told his wife and of course his wife goes over there and tells Claire, you know, the pregnant wife, what's going on and, you know, all the all the foibles and the drama and the melodrama that happens when, oh dear, I've been cheated on, you get out of my house and I don't want to get out, I love you and it's, it becomes, you know, this, again, a soap opera mode and we don't really up to this point, we only see the landlord go in every once in a while and make adjustments to the basement, where he -hmm. he fixes the doorknob to the basement because it was busted open by Ryan earlier he uh, he installs soundproof padding, which somehow blocks everything out. I mean, yeah. I don't see it, it blocks. It's real good with smells too, because they, you know, we could have inferred, but they make sure that we get the idea that his uh, 
the person he's got captive down there is pooing and peeing into a bucket because there's this protracted scene that we didn't need of, of Gerald shuffling upstairs and dumping the slop out into the sink, which really proves my point that he was on the little bus on the way to school. And, um, I, you know, I don't know why we needed that, but it, yeah. soundproofing doesn't keep smell out in my estimation. Soundproofing a door. I mean, I guess we can assume <laughs> that he went and soundproofed the, the ceiling of the basement and the walls of the basement because you well, you're to... a musician. Does, does soundproofing work that well? Um, if everything's done correctly and right and sealed and with the right materials, yeah, it will, it will soundproof to a point. Uh, yeah. but you know, the, it looked like the half-assed job. You saw when he Gerald opens the the owner's closet, and it's yeah. just like three pads of foam that he <laughs> tacked onto the door. That stuff that ships eggs with eggs or yeah. something. Yeah. And I'm thinking, well, and then you know, of course, the sound design is really good in this movie. I'll give them yeah. that. That they. Yeah. Uh, so he opens the door and closes it, and he puts a radio <laughs> down there so he can hear a radio, and then he closes. It, you know, it's. I mean, that was preposterous, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> and then him taking that poo bucket when he, he – he I guess we, we should mention that, yeah, Gerald, uh, eventually Hannah comes to the house by herself because she's going to expose the whole thing to the wife. And Gerald arrives instead and kidnaps her. And instead of taking her out of the house to somewhere else in his creepy white van, he decides to lock her in the fucking basement of the – couple's own home i know they have already established that we're very very skeptical about this room you've locked us out of it just i you know i i again i think that this dude obviously had a real diminished intellectual capacity and people along his life should have spotted it like dude you're buying all the the red letter stuff at home depot at once you know you, you we need to keep a close eye on you <laughs> Community people, we need to look out for one another. And Gerald tops a list of people to kindly keep an eye on. Yeah, these are the he's the type of character that you would look on the sex offenders list to see yeah. if he's living within any mileage of your children. I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to do a little slight aside here, but it, yeah, it's something that bugged the bugged the shit out of me during this movie. No one shut, <laughs> no one shut and locked the security doors. <laughs> They're not dedicated to their own survival. They realize that there's enough white blonde people in the world. <laughs> they they assume the cops are just going to show up in a minute. So why why <laughs> shut the security doors? I noticed that it's like the front door has a security door and it was wide open. They would always leave, lock the door, go inside, and the security door was wide open. The back door was the same way. The back door had a security door. They just left it open. And <laughs> And, and who are they trying to keep out? They're trying to keep out a man who can't even amble from one room to another without breaking both of his knees. Look like they're about to turn to powder. Yeah, and they know they know this guy's a perfect creep, and they know he's got he's got keys to the place. So, and uh, I think in that part is like the wife was like, "We should change the locks," but you know, it's not it's not your house. You can't change yeah. the locks. So, I mean, yeah, Renner, Renner's code, you know better. Right. Um, yeah. so that was just a stupid aside. I just noticed it. And it was just bugging me throughout the whole film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, Oh, Oh my God. Yeah. Now you're, you're correct. There was a lot of things that just were aggravating about this thing. I just, I, I can't help but think that, um, a lot of these problems could have been solved by looking at the script. Like, okay, flip, flip, flip. I'm getting fucking bored. I'm getting bored. <laughs> <laughs> I think it falls prey to the um, the low budget uh, that it has. You know, they they yeah, can't. They... House. They, they, there's this unwritten obligation that your running time needs to be long. It totally doesn't. It really yeah. doesn't, especially in a Netflix world. Make it make your movie an hour long. Who cares? Right. And this. And it's, it's, it, you got into the point quicker and it's more entertaining. Yeah. And I, I have to say, I'm glad this movie wasn't two hours long. It was an hour and what, 20 minutes, something like that. It, it wasn't even a full hour and a half, but it felt like almost two hours. <laughs> it drug a little bit. It I drug mean, a little it, bit. Yeah. It, it drug a little bit. And say, have you ever seen the movie inside the French movie? Oh yeah. I love that movie. Yes. Yeah. It's a classic horror movie. I mean, that one, it, you know, like I made fun of it for different things, but they I made fun of it for all the uh, heavy handed attempts that they made to keep it going like this. It needs to say entertaining. You could tell that the filmmakers could t had some kind of empathy for when they were starting to lose the audience a little bit. And 13 cameras could have kind of 
like stole a little bit from them in that way. Right, right. And it just seems like 13 cameras took a, 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 a typical, you know, vanilla plot of, you know, boy or husband cheating, blah, blah, blah. And then just kind of wrap this other uh, thing of them being watched constantly by this creep, you know, the entire yeah. time. And it's, um, it was frustrating for me because they had all the components that they needed, like the themes that I would have been more interested in chasing down would have been all of our kind of, um, all of the voyeuristic creepy qualities in the audience, like maybe elicit some kind of moral confliction in the audience by to where you kind of enjoy seeing these people. And then maybe they cut away before you can really get the payoff. And then you realize that there's you're along with it. They didn't do that for me. I mean, the very theme of voyeurism is an interesting topic that they didn't really chase down that well. Right. Yeah. I, I I agree a hundred percent. Um, so let's uh, continue on with the movie. We, Hannah's sure. kidnapped. Uh, she uh, Claire confronts Ryan on his cheating, cheatingness, and she decides that he needs to leave, and she's going to stay in the house by herself. Her friend Aubrey, the the one who snitched on Ryan, is yeah. now offering to. She's like, stay away, and telling Ryan to go away. And I, I you, you know, need to get out of here. Yeah, and. <laughs> So uh, again, it is, we just get into this soap, soap opera mode, this telenovela kind of thing, and mm-hmm. uh, so this is where things kind of start happening finally. Mm-hmm. Um, so w- during this whole time, the Gerard, the uh, the landlord is Gerald. Con- Gerald is continuously sneaking in this entire time, and uh, he's now he's going down into the basement and checking on the girl. And every time they open the he opens the basement, or not every time, but she screams, and of course when he closes the door. Uh, there's no screams and he goes down there and tries to feed her a hamburger. <laughs> yeah. Which this poor girl must be vegan because, you know, like, I don't want to keep coming back to this, but her poop is the color of, of oil, of like motor oil. Like, yeah. There's some bowel, there's some intestinal <laughs> problems going on there. I would get checked uh, immediately. There's some colon cancer going on with that poop. Yeah, man. I mean, it, check yourself out but yeah like i don't want to hold this up so yeah like that's uh he's got her in the basement and which kind of brings us to the third act a little bit which i I, i've watched this movie you know mostly sober mostly (laughs) awake twice and it just big chunks of it just vacate my brain it's like like i don't have the hard drive space for it i don't know was it that boring for me or was that just just me um uh, i i felt it was i you know, I want to say it bore. It was boring, and I know I've said it has dragged. Um, didn't you say something along the lines of it's dragged more than Drew Paul's Drag Race? Or something like that? Yeah, I said a, a drag queen racing a dragster doesn't drag as much as this thing's dragging. And I, you know, I, I, I don't know. Was that was I, I alone in that? I no, know. I don't think you're alone. There, there, there were parts that I felt like that, but at the same time, I, I would con- consistently look how much time I had left in the movie. I'm like, oh, yeah. oh, there's only, you know. 30 minutes left so okay yeah this is okay i'm at a good pace i'm fine so yeah. i i think i mean i've i've watched worse movies where the pacing was extremely horrible and i i kept checking the time you know every five minutes and seeing that i still had two hours to go so i won't say this one kind of did that to me um i think by the time because they were following every beat of of the story you know that you know it you was, have your your yeah. first you know your first setup you have your 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 climaxes, you have everything that needed to be there was happening. It, you know, I felt like, <laughs> I felt like the thing was, was meant to make couples get in a fight that they normally wouldn't have. You yeah. know, and I think that that was the only <laughs> purpose of the movie is that somebody funding it said, we can, uh, we can make your movie. I'll give you some of my dad's money, but you've got to tell everybody that you're a cheating piece of shit. And now <laughs> we have 13 cameras. <laughs> It's, it's perfect it's motivation. Not about, it's not about voyeurism. It's about infidelity. Let's get into this uh, third act here. Yeah. All right. So basically, where do we get with the third act? He's got the woman in the basement and Gerald's in the house getting ready to kill somebody. Is that where we're at? Yeah, pretty much. So oh. Han- Hannah's down there. Well, at first we, we see Hannah. She's chained in the basement. Uh, she's screaming. And uh, Gerald's wherever his places with the camera uh, where the monitors are he sees her struggling and sees the i guess the the ring that he put into the wall starting to come loose and she's about to pull out so he takes off in his van to come come to the house to go down in the basement to 
to, you know, I don't know what to finish her off or do something. It's it's hard for me to, to gauge what Gerald's thinking. They, they don't let us into his head. It seems like impenetrable to get in there. I don't know what is going on because I don't, I can't figure out Gerald's motivation at all at this point. Yeah. And that's a big problem with uh, this specific villain. So yes, we have Hannah's in the basement. Gerald shows, Gerald shows, Gerard, Gerard or Gerald? (laughs) Gerald. Gerald. Okay. Gerald's game. Right. So Claire is in the bathroom taking a shower while Gerald, I'm just going to call him the fucking landlord. Okay. Well, that's the name of the movie in other places. Oh, is it? Okay, cool. So the landlord comes while Claire's in the shower, and he goes down in the basement to shut Hannah up. Uh, Hannah does pull loose. She pulls loose from the board, and she does escape, right? Um, I'm currently trying to to remember this stuff, which is... (laughs) Is an indictment either on me or on the movie because I, I feel like I should remember. Yes. Having seen it twice, you know. Right. So well, I, she does escape. I'm just, uh, oh, eventually she does escape because uh, Ryan comes back home and she, Claire th- thinks she sees the video cameras now. And yeah. so Ryan sleeps on the couch. Uh, and while he's sleeping on the couch, he hears noises. The dog starts barking. And he goes out and checks the back and sees that sees uh, doesn't see but we see the landlord standing in the back looking all creepy as usual and he goes back inside not shutting the security door again (laughs) and (laughs) no one's no one cares for this door at all right yeah I mean if you really felt you know that you were in trouble might shut and lock that security door (laughs) but (laughs) uh, so that happens and and. he goes to he, Ryan gets back into bed or on the couch, and next thing you know, screams. Hannah somehow escapes, gets out of the basement, and they all kind of rush around and go into the bathroom. Uh, the, Ryan becomes some so, becomes a hero, I guess. He's got a baseball bat, so shit is on when you're the, the only man in the room and you got yourself a Louisville slugger. <laughs> right, so Ryan thinks he's a badass now because he's a Louisville <laughs> slugger, and I guess th- this is not a character arc, by the way. Any asshole can pick uh-huh. up a Louisville, Louisville slugger and defend their home. They can be a fucking wife beater, they can be a child molester, and they're like, I'm going to defend my home with a fucking slugger. Oh, it's a good, very good point. This doesn't re- redeem this piece of shit in any way. No. And I'd like to go on record that I would hate Ryan, even even if he was uh, a perfectly loyal, kind, <laughs> you know, like honest husband, because he was that poorly written and shallow and, and two-dimensional. Yeah, very two-dimensional. Uh, so we go and – so then the, then the, this is another thing that kind of annoyed me too. The, the landlord turns – trips the circuit breaker, just turns off right. the lights, and I'm like, wait a minute. You're human too. You can't see in the dark. <laughs> You're kind of fucking yourself now. Well, have you seen his eyes? Obviously, they pick up a color and light spectrum that we humans aren't capable of. Yeah, he's seeing the ultraviolets. <laughs> well, that would be perfect. Let's just edit, just crudely edit some moments from Predator. Just the first Predator. It, we'll, we'll just put Arnold Schwarzenegger's, uh, uh, like, whatever it is, that light, that weird night vision face from Predator. Right, right. And then just have, like, little... Uh, Little voices come up that sound like uh, unintelligible. I know, J- <laughs> and it, and it says in the bottom right hand corner, Gerald Vision. Oh <laughs> uh, well, I think we're already rewriting a great, a better movie right now. Uh, yeah, like <laughs> accidentally make one. But yeah. please continue. Uh, we uh, so we're we're pushing more into this. So the landlord sh- shuts off the lights for whatever reason, because I guess he knows the house better. I'm a, maybe that's it. He knows the house. Hey, yeah, like you would know your own house better. Well, I can give the movie that. Right. Yeah. So uh, and and I I'm I'm wondering this entire time why isn't someone calling the cops? But then I remember a callback to earlier in the film where the he always has to go outside to talk on the phone because he can't here yeah and and they they did there was a quick scene where the wife the pregnant wife whose name i can't be bothered to remember claire. uh claire thank you um is in the corner of the bathroom her you know furiously messing with her smartphone that's not working so right they constantly reminding you that that it's just a rule that we gotta go with that technology will not work because our movie fails. So we have uh, so the two women are now locked in the bathroom, Hannah and Claire, and Ryan's out there with his 
is baseball back trying to be a hero. And mm-hmm. I'm not sure which happens first, but Hannah escapes through the window. Um, and- I, yeah, again, I'm trying to, uh, I'm, I'm actually fast forwarding through the movie while we're talking to try to remind myself of what happened in a movie I saw twice, it's, yeah. which again, I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what, whether we all need to stop looking at social media too much or just, or, you know, drinking less. I, I'm having trouble remembering this stuff, which means that it didn't make an impact because I don't have that same, that doesn't happen with movies that I saw decades ago. Right, exactly. Yeah. Made an impact, you know? Um, um, of course, this is no, you know, American Werewolf in London either. So it's. No, no. So we, uh, I think, so I'm going to say that. Uh, during that time, Hannah is escaping out the window. Ryan is now in the living room, and from out of nowhere, uh, the landlord shows up and slaps. And I say slap. It's wouldn't that be funny if the landlord just came out and just slapped Ryan? <laughs> just, just slapped him upside the head. The guy is weaker than Glass Joe from Mike Tyson's Punch Out. He's just that easy to take down. Uh, but no, he comes out and hits Ryan over the head with a hammer, and Ryan goes down yeah. and. The landlord turns around and it looks like he's about to head back into the uh, head back towards the bathroom. And during this entire time, Hannah has. And I'd already... like to note real quick. I don't mean to interrupt, but yeah. the, this, when when Jason says a hammer, it's like a little hammer that you would <laughs> nail in pictures with when you don't want to mess up the drywall. Yeah. <laughs> this dude is easy to knock out. Yeah, he went down like a like a. I'm thinking like one of those, I guess, Wild West buffaloes during the 19th century. <laughs> I know, like I don't know. He, he 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 was felled by Bart Simpson's Aaron spitting out of a, <laughs> a buckshot. So he uh, so this entire time he gets hit in the head. He turns around. Uh, the landlord turns around and says, "Oh, I'm going to finish Ryan off." So Ryan yeah. gets bludgeoned to death with his hammer. We don't really see that happen. We just see his arm rising and falling. We don't see any gore. There's no real gore in this per se. Uh, Hannah, meanwhile, has already escaped, and we assume that she's gone to get help, but then it flashes to outside, and she's still in the fucking backyard trying to get on the phone. (laughs) Running around like a fucking, like a prairie dog that's about to get scooped up by an eagle. Like, she's just zero. (laughs) Granted, she's a vegan that's been eating hamburgers (laughs) and pooping blood for a week, so you can't blame her for being a little woozy. Yeah, you're exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> so she's wandering around in a day in a vegan day out in the backyard. <laughs> and there's there's a lot there's tall fences. She can't jump over the fences. But you know, uh-uh. by this time she could have hauled ass out into the street. Of course, we don't know where exactly this, this property is. Is it in a residential neighborhood? Is it somewhere in, the... in Canada? I'm convinced. <laughs> I, 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 no, this is in L.A. I, I swear, I saw. I'm amazed. Yeah, at that. I saw. I saw. I think uh, some of the backdrop or whatever from what they were doing. I, I, oh yeah, it's downtown. Yeah, it's downtown L.A. So, but. It's not in downtown, but the, anyways, I'm getting off track. The so so Ryan's dead. Thank fucking God. Thank Christ. Yeah, it's like we're just waiting for these people so uh, to die. And Hannah is out, still wandering around the fucking bushes, like you know why. And of course, you know she tries to escape. Somehow, this lumbering old man with a a, <laughs> a gate where he could looks like he could barely, you know, get on a treadmill and walk it, you know, walk it oh, too. Yeah. And yeah. somehow catches up to her and drowns her in the pool. Yeah, that's that's where we like that kidney shaped pool. He's going to be forever skimming that. It's his job. <laughs> He's the landlord. He's going to be skimming uh, like blonde girl poo out of it. Yeah. Right, well, right. It's probably empty. In, in fairness, because, you know, <laughs> we well established the vegan poop. Yeah. <laughs> that is a horse and it's dead. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yes, yeah, so somehow he drowns her in the pool. So that's two down. Our body count is at two. And, oh, God. Uh, and, you know, it, two perfectly killable friends that they could have murdered off at yes. any given point in the movie. Yeah, nope. I agree. Yeah, we could have easily bought in and brought Paul and Aubrey back in, but no. Mm-mm, no, I wanted to. I, I couldn't wait for them to die. And no, there's no. there is still some extra time left on this movie. You know, if you even cut the credits out, 
there is still like an hour and 18 minutes, something like that. Or maybe like an hour and 20 something with the credits cut out. So you could easily killed off Paul and Aubrey. That, oh yeah. That I mean, they were, they were begging to be killed. They would have like the actors wouldn't have protested. Of course <laughs> they'll be killed. I'm in a horror movie. <laughs> so yeah. So Hannah is dead now and we go back into the house and Claire is still in the bathroom for some, I, you know, <laughs> she's pregnant. I get it. You know, the, Pregnant women just like to stay in one place. Is that... <laughs> I guess they don't like they don't care about themselves. They don't care about the life inside them, right. which is as we all know is real typical of the pregnant lady. Right, and so we. <laughs> I'm being ironic, by the way. Before anybody hates my guys. Yeah, yeah. I'm... This is all tongue in cheek, guys. Uh... <laughs> oh, no, so... I'm critic. I'm criticizing it like any mother would have scratched out Gerald's eyes in the first five seconds. She wouldn't have allowed any her unborn kid to be anywhere near that creep. She would have smelled infidelity all over her husband. Yeah. It, it, it's one of the many frustrations. Right, right. That's why I even put in my notes. The Claire is a clueless wife. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, Gerald, the landlord, eventually breaks down the bathroom door, drags Claire out, and that's fade to black. You know, cut to black. Yeah. Uh, so then next- we transition to the to the police entering the house and questioning the, um, uh, the, the the landlord. And to their credit, we finally get a black person in this thing. <laughs> yeah, he's a bit part. I can't say that he had many lines other than "Can we check downstairs?" or "What's right. that over there?" And but, let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah, like this is creepy. It smells like white death in here. <laughs> and I thought these cops were the the dumbest cops in the world because you know, <laughs> uh, points out the the guy points out the owner's closet, and the the cops are like, "Okay, well, let's take a look down there." And they go down there. Oh, it smells like shit. It smells like something <laughs> died down here. <laughs> Oh, well, let's get dogs. Yeah, let's get the fuck out of here. I was like, no, there's like plastic. Go look. I mean, we we've got very recent contemporary reasons why if the house stinks and there's a basement, you go check it out. Like how many serial killer uh, shows do you need to see before you know that this guy fits the archetype? Right. How many how many news stories have we seen of people locking up their children or whatever in their basements and not letting them see the light of day? And yeah, I mean, it's like, it's okay. he's he's uh, objectively a creepy dude. Right. And and there's there's creepy dude shit all over this house it's got the stank of creepy dude shit we need to get home man i mean like my wife's making gumbo tonight what <laughs> why, what are you doing man it's, it's just another reason to hate cops <laughs> i was just i was just amazed that the, they went in there and smelled death you know pretty much mm-hmm. and i think that's uh, i by that point i was assuming he had killed claire and uh that's where her body was or something was in there and that yeah but, there's but it's the, like it's bad whatever it is right and the cop literally just look shoots his flashlight around and then literally says let's get the fuck out of here (laughs) yeah yeah and the big reveal and you know i really don't care if this ruins it for anybody the big reveal he marches upstairs with his patented uh like jailer food hamburgers it's like oh you guy you're 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 a creature habit and he so he he walks downstairs with his uh with his his bag of hamburgers so it's like okay we immediately know that he's got a captive down there and it turns out to be the wife right you know um no, I don't think we see Claire. We see him. Yeah, he's got his bags of hamburger, but I don't think we actually well, we hear her. And the, the one distinctive yeah. thing about her is her voice. We hear her. That's definitely her. You don't see her. He tosses the bag of hamburgers into right. the darkness, and she's very hostile. And Right, and that's before, that's before the cops show up. Right? No, it was after. Oh, it was after. okay, okay. Totally after, yeah. Right. I, and the only reason I know is because I'm watching it. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going to cop to the Cliff Notes version of this. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to take your word for it. And uh, so, yeah, but – and then there's, you know, he, he's cleaning out another shit bucket outside of <laughs> uh, – Never relinquish us of that. It's, right. I, I – I hate scat humor, and it, I'm I'm confronted by it daily. But anyway, yeah. So the he's he's obviously the property manager of an apartment complex, and because a, a woman on a balcony says, "Hey, Gerald, my my toilet's backed up. Can you come in and fix it?" And he's like, "Tomorrow." She's like, <laughs> and she just takes off cheerily, okay, and leaves. Meanwhile, he's cleaning out a shit bucket. 
you you will wade knee deep in shit which was another reason that i was thinking like this has got to be in canada like there's no one would tolerate that like okay you know like i'd be like hey man i will call 17 different associations on your weird lumbering <laughs> yeah <laughs> i i thought uh so that's not even the ultimate reveal the, ult- mm. the ultimate reveal the ultimate is reveal, which I got it. I got to admit kind of won me back a little bit was that uh, like he's you tell him, you tell him. Well, the ultimate reveal, you know, uh, he gets back into his, uh, his white van pre- <laughs> presumably to go off and do other creepy free shit. Candy van, as we call it. What is that? His free candy van. Oh, his free candy. Van, exactly. And he has his ham. I think he has hamburgers or again with him. And he turns to his right, and there's uh, a baby in a car seat next to him. <laughs> so not only is he a horrible serial killer and and chronic masturbator, but he knows he's a he's a midwife too. He's yeah. really he birthed the baby somehow. Uh, well, I mean, he didn't birth the baby, but obviously this kid is older, so we uh, it's not a newborn. So we're I'm kind of wondering, you know, the the time span that has elapsed isn't really known. At this point, but I think at this point we can assume that Claire is dead, um, or was, uh, well, okay, Claire. No, Claire is alive. Okay, you, you, he, he tosses her hamburgers, and you hear her voice where she's demanding, probably to see her baby or okay, to be yeah. let go. Yeah. You know how women are; well, they're constantly <laughs> complaining about being, uh, you know, like fed their newborn children, fed real food, and and let to leave a basement. You know, as horror movies, for uh, yeah. But um, no, she's alive. Okay, she's yeah. alive. She had the kid, and this Gollum-esque, Till Lineman's creepy brother motherfucker is raising this this child. Right, and, and then ends in an up note in a way. Like even the score tells us this is funny. Everybody yeah, and, and he tells the kid what he's like. Be quiet, and then he smiles. <laughs> <laughs> it's the first time we see this creep smile and i'm like oh god i, I long for the days when your mouth with a gape and just looking at porn <laughs> your own personal porn you, you know you really know you're an auteur when your porn is only yours you know that's that that's a level of artistic engagement that i'll never be available to exactly uh so after that it's fade to, it's cut to black pretty much in the credits yeah Scene. And then we got a nice round font. So it's a typographer. It's a you know, it's very <laughs> pleasing on the eyes. It's nice and round in the middle and the ends. And and it, I think the soundtrack. The, the creepy part to me is I distinctly remember whether this is a false memory or not of the the soundtrack kind of taking a happy upbeat towards the end. Yeah. Like this is funny. Everybody laugh. Like this is okay. It's, yeah, it's a whim. It's yeah. It was really kind of a whimsical, odd. It was supposed to, I think it might have made to exhibit some kind of weird emotion in you. Like, oh, uh, I'm glad the child's safe, but he's with this guy. And then the guy is smiling and it, yeah, it's just an odd ending. Yeah. And I mean, the only reason it was effective is because inside exists, not to bring inside up again. (laughs) Like if you're going to do that, like it was basically, it was the same ending as inside, but they just didn't have half of the conviction to make everybody hate it and have nightmares right. for the rest of the life. Let's not forget. Well, I'm, not, I'm not recommending Inside. Well, I think the only thing I would recommend seeing Inside for is the gore. I mean, there was a lot of it, you know, from what I remember. There's a lot of tense scenes. Uh, well, and, that and, and um, you know, I mean, it, it violated your sensibility. Yeah that's, yeah. that's kind of what Inside did well. Same thing that, that Imprint did well and Audition did well yeah. and other um, a Serbian film, I'm sure, if I had the balls to see it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's the end of the film. So I guess, um, uh, would you recommend this film to anyone, like, uh, just for, like, a once view, or? It depends on who you are. Like, if you like horror movies, and I would have to kind of vet it with you. It'd be like, what other horror movies do you like? And they'd be like, okay, I like this, this, and this. I'd say, all right, you know, go see it. If you... It... I don't I don't know that I can super re- I can't recommend it uh, with a good conscience because right. I myself didn't care for it too much in spots. You know, I mean, yeah. I liked it overall. I liked it more than I didn't like it. But then I'm frustrated with it at the same time. It's- yeah, I think you reflected my feelings on it 
pretty much exactly. Uh, I I can't give it a full recommend. Uh, if you want to watch it and just want to see what we're bitching about, please go ahead and give it a yeah. view. Um, but yeah, I would say I would say not recommend. Yeah, you know, there's 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 better ways you can spend your time. You know, just because we did this doesn't mean that you should go through it. There's shitty video games and all kinds of shitty media out there. You know? I'm not, and again, it's it's. I think that they their intention was to make a good movie, and I'd love to see what the uh, writer and director does next. And you know, a lot of talented people did a good job on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's a, a movie is, a, is, is rarely the sum of its parts and, and a horror movie really kind of reflects that. Yeah. And, uh, I, yeah, I, I, I know it felt like we we're kind of disparaging the actors and everything, but you know, you, you work with what you got and, uh, you know, it was very competently done. Uh, I was very glad to see a film that wasn't shot on video or with shitty hackney cuts or edits that made no sense, you know, it was a, it was an average story, it was an average movie, um, yeah. I, you know, I'd say check it out to, to, to kind of dig into what you do like about horror movies, and it's, you know, I've been watching a lot of film analysis lately, and, you know, when you try to elicit the same emotional reaction throughout the running time of your feature, it feels boring, and, and unfortunately this one did that, it, it, it and it seems kind of weird to say this in a film that seems so aberrant and and upsetting on its face, but you need to take some chances even within that context. And that's kind of how I feel about this one. I didn't mean to turn this into a film review. It sounds <laughs> fucking pretentious, but no, it's it's good to hear that that kind of uh, the kind of note taking and thoughts and opinions on it. Uh... I, yeah, I think it's insightful myself. So even if no one else does, <laughs> uh, enjoyed this. I hope other people did. You know, I mean, our next one up is uh, Thirteen Demons, which I'm really looking forward to doing that one because uh, I don't know be- because we'll find out. No, I did see the running time for Thirteen Demons, and it is only an hour eighteen. So I, I'm looking forward to seeing it. I've seen. I haven't watched the preview yet, but I just from what I've well, seen so far. I've, I'll just say that it's, um, uh, you know, you got to be careful about those those evil Dungeons and Dragons board games. You'll end up murdering a whole bunch of folks. So. Oh, uh, I guess I should go back real quick um, sure. and ask, what would you have done differently with this film, the thirteen uh, cameras? Oh, I, you know, I, 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 the main thing right off the top would be that it needs brown people in it. Okay, and and that, I, it, it, it really does. I More mean, diversity, yeah. It needs more diversity. I mean, like, uh, you know, like I, I live, you live on the, the West Coast, I live on the East Coast, and there are a wide swath of people. You got friends from all different kinds of, of, of backgrounds, and that makes an a immediately more compelling story. And I think that, that every filmmaker needs to do that. I know that, that there's kind of a backlash in a way to all the social justice warrior and the, the, the political correctness, but it makes for better media. It yeah. really does. You Absolutely. know, and, you know, I, I, that, that was one of the first things that I thought about it. I never, I would never claim that it's racist in any way. Cause it's not, no. but it's just like, you know, you need to have a, a, a bigger background in there. And I would have, uh, Pay, pay a lot of attention to the second and third acts of your movie because if it starts to feel fucking boring, the worst thing that a, a horror movie can do is be boring. Right. Even for a minute. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely agree 100% with what you said. Um, yeah, and I thought, um, I think the biggest thing for me, though, was uh, Gerald the Landlord, that there was so much there, his character, the way he looked, uh, his, uh, he, he was be- he's basically the best character in the whole movie. Uh, unfortunately, he was one-dimensional at best. And... He was one-dimensional, and you know, even in the context of the movie, he was he was the best thing that they had. I've I've seen Godzilla movies where Godzilla is on screen more than Gerald is, and he was the he was the thing that brought you through it. He's the right. pinhead of the movie. He's the Freddy Krueger of the movie, and they they didn't have him on screen nearly enough. Right, and I just felt we should have seen him on screen more. We should have delved more into who Gerald was. You know, maybe see. You know, I don't know. It couldn't. It didn't even have to be a long storyline. Maybe just a little snippet of his everyday life. Maybe him at the grocery store just to see what he does. You know, maybe not Myris and backstory, but give us enough to 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 tell us why he uh, is upset so much by the uh, you know like the the 
the sexual proclivities of the main character. Like, right. Why are why does this upset you so much? Your infidelity. Like maybe it, it that ruined his his family life. Just some kind of thing to bring us into it and make us feel conflicted. Like uh, they right. they present something that should make you feel very. Uh, morally ambiguous and they just kind of left it sit there. They, they, they played with the very theme of voyeurism and didn't follow it through it. It just, it had a lot of potential that they didn't live up to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's, that's about it for my end. Yeah, me too, man. That's this was fun. I look forward to more of them. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to watch 13 demons. I may do it tonight. <laughs> the, it looks very interesting and, uh, we will get together soon and let absolutely. All right, everyone, thank you for tuning in to Cinematic Suffering. I'm Jason. I'm Clay. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Take care, y'all.